coming up. Niccolò Machiavelli wrote, If an injury has to be done to a man, it should be so severe that his vengeance need not be feared. Was Machiavelli an unscrupulous theorist and advisor? Or one of the most widely misunderstood political philosophers ever? I have no servants when here in Rome, my lord. Florence can no longer afford them. Ah, democracy, Signor Machiavelli. They say it has its merits. It's good to be king, if just for a while, to be there in velvet, yeah, to give them a smile. People associate Machiavelli with lies, deception, and manipulation. Was that really what he advocated? Our guest is Maurizio Veroli, author of Redeeming the Prince, the meaning of Machiavelli's masterpiece. It's good to be king. The life and thought of Machiavelli. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk. The program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner at Stanford University, where Ken and I walk around professing philosophy. And today, we're talking about the political philosopher, Niccolo Machiavelli. Machiavelli, Ken, one of the most astute political thinkers ever to have lived. A champion of Republican liberty. A pragmatic visionary. John, the guy's dead. You don't have to suck up to him. A pragmatic visionary? Look, one of the, in, in his book, The Prince, he championed ruthlessness and deception. He said political leaders should do whatever it takes to defeat their enemies, to stay in power. Pragmatic visionary? Yeah, well, tell me what's wrong with defeating your enemies and staying in power. That's a hallmark of a strong leader. What would you prefer, a doormat? Someone who just gives in, runs away at the first sign of a threat? Well, I, I'm all for a strong leadership, but what the trouble is with what Machiavelli thought that called for. He thinks it's a strong leader is someone who achieves and holds on to power at any cost, John, oh, at any cost. Oh, please, Ken, you're not going to trot out that tired old platitude about how he says the ends justify the means, are you? Newsflash, Machiavelli never even said that. Okay, he may not have said those exact words, but you can't deny that that sums up pretty much Machiavelli's thinking. Look, lies, deceptions, manipulation, cruelty, even torture, all tools that a Machiavellian-hungry power leader feels free to use at his own discretion. Look, anyone seeking positions of power can be described as power-hungry. What does that mean? Just about every politician and head of state there is or ever has been. Those not interested in power need not apply for the job. Yeah, but John, you're talking about how things are. I'm talking about the way things should be. I'm talking about the ideal. That's why in the Republic, Plato, one of the great philosophers of all time, said that the philosopher king, only philosopher king should rule. And they should rule because they don't want to rule. They don't want power. They'd rather be off doing philosophy, but for the good of the state, they reluctantly uh, are willing to rule. Well, yeah, and Plato also thought that philosopher King should lie and manipulate the common people. For God's sakes, he thought radical censorship and even eugenics were all for the greater good of the citizens. I don't see how you can hold Plato up as some sort of ideal and at the same breath knock Machiavelli. They both think a good leader is going to deceive and manipulate. 
let's set Plato aside. I don't want to have to defend Plato to you, but let's focus on the qualities of a Machiavellian leader. I want to ask you if that's really what we would want in a leader, John. Whether it's what we would want in the real world, Ken, or in some la-la land you've come up with in your naive little brain. <laughs> naive little? What's that supposed to mean? Well, look, in the real world, we need cunning, pragmatic leaders willing to manipulate people and situations in order to achieve what's best for the state. As Machiavelli said, they need to be part lion, part fox. That's why we have organizations like the CIA. Honesty and transparency in state affairs would lead to unmitigated disaster. Look, sir, I grant you, sometimes you might have to lie to your enemies or those who would do us harm. That's one thing. But Machiavelli, Machiavellian politicians goes far beyond that. Take someone like Karl Rove. And, you know, there's a guy who's known for his win-at-any-cost scorched-earth tactics, and there's a biography about him called Machiavelli's Shadow. And your point being? Well, if that's the epitome, if Karl Rove is the epitome of a Machiavellian politician, then I gotta tell you, frankly, I think the world would be better off without that kind of well, leadership. Let me ask you, do you think Karl Rove acted in the best interests of our country? <laughs> you know, like when he stole that election from Gordon? No, I do not. Well, and sorry to tell you this, buddy, but he's not Machiavellian. I mean, if you want to pick a Republican Machiavellian, pick Dwight Eisenhower, right? He, w he was so good at it, nobody noticed. Machiavelli said he loved his country more than his own soul. You can't get that, just take any ruthless, power-hungry, win-at-any-cost politician and call him Machiavellian. If their actions are not done in the interest of the state, then they're just not Machiavellian. Yeah, you know, you may have some kind of subtle scholarship on your side. I don't know, but I've got popular culture on my side. And to prove that point, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Natalie Jones, to examine some self-styled Machiavellians from popular culture right up close. She files this report. Niccolò Machiavelli has inspired how-to books for business leaders, mafia bosses, and parents. He's inspired a graphic novel and a comic book, and even an MS-DOS video game. You can take a psychology test to assess your level of Machiavellianism, how willing you are to use deception and thievery to advance your own cause. But it's people fascinated by power that really seem to be captivated by Machiavelli. You know, most of the guys that I know, they read Prince Machiavelli. And I had come out of going and get the Cliff Notes once, and... He's okay. Tony Soprano preferred The Art of War by Sun Tzu, but other mobsters have taken valuable lessons from The Prince. In the 1993 movie A Bronx Tale, a mafia boss explains Machiavelli to a protege. Is it better to be loved or feared? That's a good question. It's nice to be both, but it's very difficult. But if I had my choice, I would rather be feared. But what might be the most surprising homage to the philosopher is a posthumous album from the rapper Tupac Shakur called The Seven Day Theory, where Tupac takes on the alter ego Machiavelli. Tupac wasn't just the rapper, but he was also a poet, playwright, actor, and as the character Machiavelli, I wanted to imagine himself as not just an artist, but also as a philosopher or educator. Travis Gosa teaches African-American studies at Cornell University. He spends a couple of days on Tupac every year in a class he teaches on hip-hop. Gosa says while Tupac became known for embracing a thug life ethos, he didn't start out with that message. I hear Brenda's got a baby. 
brother Brenda's barely got a brain. A damn shame, the girl can hardly spell her name. That's not our problem, that's up to Brenda's family. Well, let me show you how it affects our whole community. Now, Brenda... While he was born on the East Coast, uh, once he became a West Coast artist, he found that very few people were interested in his black power, socially conscious lyrics. Tupac was a big reader all his life, but it's widely believed he studied Machiavelli seriously when he was in prison in 1995, serving time for sexual assault. Tupac was intelligent to use a book that is not only a classic philosophical treatise, but a book that many um, individuals who have been incarcerated may be familiar with. Tupac was released from prison in late 1995 and recorded The Seven Day Theory the next year. He was shot and killed in Las Vegas in September 1996. The album was released after his death and became a big success, hitting number one on the Billboard charts. The song that maybe most mirrors Machiavelli's teachings is called Blasphemy. Tupac on this track is asking whether or not it's better to be loved or feared and how to avoid being hated. Um, and he actually comes up with the idea is that you know, pretty much people are going to hate you no matter what. Right? So don't be too concerned with being hated. And then there's advice for being on your guard. Tupac is painting a very dark and grim image of human nature. He believes in many ways that uh, the downfall of a leader, of a ruler, uh, will come from within. To this day, conspiracy theorists and fans pour over the album and compare notes with Machiavelli's work for clues about Tupac's death and signs that he might still be alive. For example, Machiavelli wrote about strategically spreading rumors about the deaths of prominent people, and some made the leap to the idea that Tupac faked his own death. It doesn't appear that the actual Tupac will be coming back, but Travis Gosa says we can take some messages from the album. Tupac Shakur and the use of Machiavelli seem to be trying to signal a rebirth of Tupac. And the death of Tupac signaled uh, a rebirth of Tupac that would be focused on uh, trying to use the music to spread something beyond gangster entertainment. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Natalie Jones. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.